0: hey guys this is ronnie just a reminder these are old episodes and if you want to check out what we are currently doing all you have to do is go to the rebooted channel on youtube and you can see our sweet faces talking about this stuff and announcing a new podcast with ed greer ron swallow and producer bill called the greatest pod check it out wherever you get your podcasts in addition if you want to support us monetarily All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash the greatest pod and you can sign up for the $5 tier that gets you extra podcasts or sign up for the $7 tier that gets you the extra podcasts and art sent directly to your house. We've got a new T public store for you to get all of the cool shirts that you could possibly want the mumbo gumbo the pop art reboot crew the classic logo and then of course the Rebooted Drinking Game, which has Jensen Ackles and DJ Qualls, among other fan-favorite comments. So do yourself a favor. Go to tpublic.com user reboot dash it and pick up your favorite T-shirt. So thanks for listening, and thanks for supporting Reboot It.
1: Fired from Subbasement D of a major motion-picture studio. The development executives must go to the last places in Hollywood with money. Now streaming, REBOOT IT! I don't think that's the best we could do with the opening graphics. I I'm I have a problem with that. I don't think that's going to be acceptable. Already we're off to a bad start. Okay. Okay. Good to know. So, uh, who are you guys? Please introduce yourselves for me. I need to know who I'm talking to in order for us to have a real deep, meaningful connection over the material. We're going deep today, gentlemen. We don't fuck around here. Uh, well, I'm producer Bill.
2: I'm Billy Business, Your Honor. <laughs> uh, I'm Ed Greer, big fans. It's an embryo.
0: I'm Ron Swallow. They like to refer to me as the
1: heart. Okay, see, all of those introductions, too wordy, get to the point. Get to the <laughs> point, people. You're taking too long. See, I don't like to work with amateurs. We do things correctly here. Sorry. Sorry about that. Also, producer Bill, that's a bit presumptuous. Who said you're a producer? I don't believe it. I don't want to hear it. So, Bill, Billy, Ed, Ron, what are we talking about here today? Uh, from what I understand, we are going to be pitching you a new version of the Terminator. Is that correct? I think a great version. Hopefully, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll see about that. Maybe uh, keep your excitement in your pants, okay? <laughs> All right, so here's the th- here's the thing, guys. They came to me a couple years ago. They said, Jim, we need you back on this franchise. I said, I got better things to do. So, you know, they backed up the money truck, and Daddy never says no to a little cash, so that's what we did. People, I, I, they didn't seem to get it. Did they get it? I don't know. I don't know if they got it. Here's what I'm asking. Make it work. I've got Navi to film, okay? I've got... I've got a $400 million production going on across three continents. I really don't give a crap about a movie that I made three decades ago. It doesn't matter. That said, it better not suck. You better do a good job. I'm going out on a limb here. My very good, close, personal friend of many years, Jensen Ackles, really vouched for you guys.
0: I told you guys liking Jensen Ackles would pay off.
2: Didn't see that one coming.
1: Wow. What do you guys talk about? Much like me, Jensen cares deeply for the future of this planet, and we talk about how to save the world. Uh, From what I understand, he has delusions of being a superhero, and as you know, I am a rich entrepreneur who moonlights as a filmmaker. So between the two of us, we have some really interesting ideas. (laughs) Here's the thing, though. Paramount Plus... They just backed up a money truck, and I guess they're the ones who own the Terminator rights now. All I know is that I got my cut of that action. You know what I mean? I renegotiated that contract. So whatever they want to do, but here's the thing. They're paying me up front. They're paying me up front, and I'm getting the residuals. I can't say no, but I got Avatar movies to make. So I'm asking you guys, you know, my very, very good friend, Jensen Ackles. He vouches for you. And frankly, that's good enough for me. At least to hear the pitch. You know what I mean? I I just want to hear your pitch. Okay. I mean,
3: I just think it's really weird that somebody goes like, "Oh, get to the point." When they made a three-hour version of Fern Gully, <laughs> and they're trying to make <laughs> six more for no reason, but like somehow
1: we're taking to. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't want to get us fired off the bat. If well, I we'll
0: leave that cut out of the
1: the the. <laughs> <laughs> if i know anything about hollywood there is one wisdom and it's you never question james cameron in the presence of james cameron so
2: <laughs> yeah I, um, I won't even look him dead in the eyes so it's a good thing that uh probably this is smart yeah my soul <laughs> I, I could feel it burning I'll, a little I'll, bit I'll,
0: I'll look him in his dead eyes <laughs> <laughs>
1: he's, got, he's got shark eyes that <laughs> <laughs> all right here we go the tour around town continues Gentlemen, one of the all-time venerable franchises. Possibly the franchise that has racked up the most losses, taken the most L's when it comes to previous reboots. Here we go. Terminator, what is an audience expecting out of this franchise? So I could
2: tell you, in my opinion, what they're expecting slash where these reboots and sequels have gone wrong. And I think this may be where we actually find an avenue and we get a a, W on this one. Oh, boy. Um, So I said this in uh, my hot takes of Billy Biz when we ran down the Terminator franchise. I think after two, the problem with these Terminator movies is what made, especially that first one, so visceral, so just like you're on the edge of your seat, is that it's a slasher movie uh you know the terminator pro- part of what makes it so scary is how inefficient he is he goes and he finds a phone book and he doesn't care if he gets the right or wrong sarah he's just going to kill them all and i think what happened with the sequels were you just start they just started making the terminators cooler and cooler and cooler and cooler and more upgrades more weapons and i think at that point when you start getting terminator on terminator then you start to get into the, you know, like, okay, this is, this is there's no stakes in these fights anymore. Like the, these punches don't hurt anymore. Nothing really makes sense. So what I would say is as an audience member now that has seen every iteration of Terminator that loved and watched the TV show, I would say it's time to strip it back, strip it all the way back to the roots of like, let's make Terminator scary again because they're not scary anymore. They're cool. They're really cool. They're cool toys, but they're not scary killers. And I think that's where you get a new, fresh lease on life, is seeing them
1: as like the serial killers that they potentially are. You know, I got to say, in that most recent one, uh, whose Sir title I'm forgetting completely, but um, Dark Fate? Fate of the... I don't know something
2: like that. Yeah, whatever. Faded the furious.
1: In that one, I felt in Act One, they actually did a really good job of making the Terminator sort of feel like a real threat again, because it was the you know the new Sarah Connor and her boyfriend, and then Mackenzie Davis shows up and she's enhanced, but it's like she is clearly superhuman and is still just losing and also scared. And it really felt like, oh, man, Terminator is a force of nature that this inexorable force that will indiscriminately kill whatever in its path.
2: I mean, I kind of disagree with you, Bill, only in this. And look, I don't want to turn this into the Terminator Fate of the Furious review. But I do think the problem with the Terminator movies, too, is that like you watch like these Terminators should they're just they should be more efficient. And instead, we're choreographing fight scenes. A Terminator should not punch you five times and then you're firing off gunshots at it. Like Terminator should just come like he did at the front door of that lady and bop you in the head and it's over. And I think with Terminator Dark Fate, the other problem that I really feel like we need to steer clear of is Terminator Dark Fate. That's what it is. It's Dark Fate. You're right. Dark Fate. Uh, they took elements of all four, five, whatever Terminator movies that come before. and just put them in a blender yeah, she's enhanced. Great. That was in Terminator Salvation. Yeah, this thing can swivel and do all those cool things. Yeah, that was in T2 and T3. Like, they're just basically reheating elements of all the other stories. So it's like, we got to, I feel like we have to strip it back, personally.
1: It's, just- it's gotten
2: so lore heavy now that it's like the lore is getting in its own way.
1: That's a whole other conversation, too. Like, <laughs> how are we are we going to try to fit this into all the time jump shenanigans? But, Ed, what do you think? What is an audience expecting out of this at this point?
3: Um, no, you know what? I'm not going to talk too long. I think Billy really hit it on the head. Uh, we got to get out of the blender, and we have to get some way that strips it down that is still impressive to modern audiences. And I will yield my time.
0: I've got something very important to say, and that's, uh, first off, we need abs. If there aren't abs in this movie, I don't know what we're doing. We need a real buff guy who's kind of doesn't speak English well, but speaks it well enough for him to be scary, uh, even though he's a robot who could probably speak perfect English. I mean, you know, that's what you need. That's it.
2: Wrong I'm, I'm going to go out here. on a limb real quick before you talk, Bell. I uh... I think this is the perfect moment in time where we just need to let go of the Arnold Schwarzenegger crutch. No 100%. CGI young versions. No T eight hundreds. Nothing like it's Something gone. New. Everything new. That's well, it. Could it's literally
0: dumb. just be a robot. I don't care. Like it's. I, uh, I, I. By the way, I agree with everything you guys said. We do. I think stripping it down makes the most sense. It also gives us the ability to make a tighter story rather than trying to reman years and years of homages into one
1: film? I'm gonna go even further. I don't even know if we need a robot. And stay with me here. I mean, at this point, every remixed version of a Terminator story has been told. There is not another remix of all those elements that we could possibly do that's gonna get us any traction. So let's start with our next usual question. What is this franchise about? What is the Terminator franchise about? And as we marinate on that a little bit, I'll give, I'll give the quick, broad overview. And if you don't know by now, what pop culture rock have you been living under? Terminator, of course, started in 1984, a great year, if I, was, if I could say so myself. A lot of good things were made in that year. Anyway, Terminator started in 1984 with a lean, mean, cheap slasher thriller in which James Cameron, as a young, unproven writer-director, was tasked to reinvent the slasher formula. How do you bring a newness, a a fresh take to the Jason Freddy, you know, Michael Myers stereotype? And man, did this kid over-deliver when he created not just a terrifying killing machine in the form of a robot endoskeleton, with a beefcake Austrian exterior, but he created a deep and abiding mythology that has stretched now over over movies and a TV series. Uh, He introduced the idea of time travel paradoxes to the mass culture. Obviously it's a well-worn trope in science fiction going back decades, but Terminator was the first movie that took the idea of the, uh, you know, come back in time to change the future plotline seriously. And I would also argue it may be the beginning of the dystopian future trope. And so all laid, the groundwork was all laid in a movie that cost very little money and actually had very little in the way of, you know, big gaudy effects. Then, eight years later, James Cameron makes T2. And not only does he just kick everything about the original movie up a notch, he damn near reinvents the entire formula for the summer blockbuster. Suddenly, the Terminator that we know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, is on the side of the angels as a good guy. The new Terminator is a liquid metal T-1000 that to this day is one of the most terrifying villains ever put to screen. And from then on, it has just been a slow ride down into hell. Terminator has been everything from an actual dystopian future movie to a total rehash of the original movie and literally everything in between. And at this point, if you're not exhausted, we tip our hats to you because good Lord, they have tried every damn version of a woman on the run with a beefcake with a metal skeleton. Here we are, guys. What is this franchise that has gone through so much, and I would also say has limited itself so much to this one storyline? What is it all about? Why do why did people connect to this to begin with? It was
2: the it was a little bit of like you know, I think T two really hit it a lot, which was we are kind of the harbingers of our own doom you know it's a little bit of uh you know what makes a man and what makes or what makes a human i'll say and and what separates us from them and the machines it's man versus machine it's it's all pretty like basic storytelling but it was very effectively done when it's kind of you know it's wrapped up in like really cool time travel and, and really cool action set pieces but really it was just about like we we see the future we see what we do to ourselves you know i think the terminator says like it's human nature for you guys to destroy yourselves and it's making the choices can we can we do better that's kind of what terminator is to me at least ed ron anything to add go ron
0: well it's so funny because normally i would say it is it's one of those If I just thought about the first two, I would think about it as, you know, AI going rogue and how we all believe that science, when you don't pay enough attention to science, that it'll backfire on you. I would normally think that's the story. But after hearing you explain that, I don't think that's the story anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I think it's the story is just surviving the worst stakes ever. That's literally the first movie is just surviving terrible situation by any means necessary that's i I, you know like that's that's when you i'll I'll,
2: I'll think the i think the first movie is definitely that i think the second movie is where they try to expand a little bit more but the first movie definitely is just like it's it's there's not a lot to it like it's not as deep uh it's just like
0: you don't you don't have time to contemplate if you really are the mother of the leader of some rebellion you don't have time for that because there is some crazy unstoppable thing trying to kill you whether it's a man or a robot or whatever it is it doesn't matter right
2: i mean the second one is choice it's you know there's no fate you get to choose what happens so what choice are you going to make and then that just gets very watered down by whatever one we're on now well That's i think true. i
3: think oh go ahead Ed. Uh, well, I was just going to say uh, the thing I think is interesting about the first one is it's really about like two things. It's about like lineage and sacrifice. I think that's what it's really at on some level. It's like the reason why she has to survive is a big ass deal. And the person who's going to be able to make her survive literally gave his life. There's there's no two ways about it. He did. He, he's like one of the most heroic characters in the history of cinema. And that's missing throughout the
2: entire rest of the whole series. Well, because they undo it. They have to. You can't move forward in the series without undoing what came before. That's, that's the problem with like staying too close
1: to what's already there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the synthesis of all this is, I, I totally agree with that, Ed, that like, so much of this franchise is about like giving up your own sense of your life for the sake of the future, even if you don't know what that means. Mm-hmm. So that sacrifice is very intrinsic. But I also think part of it is is um, the minority report thing, where it's like you're being judged for something that you not only have never done, but have no conception of even trying to do, mm-hmm. right? Like there's there's something kind of terrifying to that that I always connected with in in the first two movies, really, that idea of like, not only am I an innocent person, I'm an innocent, ignorant person. Like you're coming to kill me for something that is not even remotely real in my own mind. And I think that's sort of the cracked mirror version of the sacrifice where it's like, yes, there are people who know what's going on and they are willing to 100% martyr themselves for the cause. But then the people who don't know what's going on are like, man, can't I just live? Like what is going on here? And so that that sort of sense of confusion, I think, is something that's gotten lost the deeper we've gotten into explaining the mythology. So yeah. I wonder if that's something we can sort of reconnect to. Um, to just dump, jump right into it, what is the story we want to tell here? Do we want to talk a little bit about like how we can remix The Terminator or do we want to talk a little bit about like, are we going to do time travel? Any strong thoughts? What are? What's well, going I, on? I
3: have I have one strong thought, and it is this: I believe our first volley should be the most outlandish idea we have in our head, like the most outlandish. Like the, the Terminator is a mouse. Go, you know what I mean? Like get nuts, so we can rein it back in instead of starting with this minutia and it's been in forty minutes and at loss of the forest.
1: I like I'd that say, idea. Why yeah, not? Good idea. Yeah. yeah. Well, I kind of alluded to it already. You know, I don't think this movie has time travel or killer robots in it. I think we need to come up with a new version of what the Terminator is that's sort of... it's, It's difficult because my mind immediately goes to essentially what they did in Falcon and the Winter... Or excuse me, not Falcon and Winter Soldier, Captain America, the Winter Soldier, where it's like there is some weapon system with an algorithm that just perfectly calculates who is worthwhile and who is not, and then eliminates you. And there's something to that.
0: That's actually interesting to me too. And, but so, okay. So my my, my thought uh, is actually was along those lines where basically some kind of computer that's starting to gain sentience. uh, And just like you said, it can kind of sense threats, senses a main threat. And it's literally sending mobsters after it, police after it, like every, every uh, uh, accessible weapon that it can use, it's sending after this person because uh, knowing that they're a threat. And so this person is literally dealing with criminals, the law, the FBI, this, I don't know. It's everything that is insanely possible for it to have to deal with all by itself um, with no knowledge
2: of why.
1: Little enemy of the state, kind of. I, I, I don't one know. It's,
0: thing it's that's... just one of the first ideas I had.
2: Mm-hmm. All right. I'll 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 throw out a pie in the sky weird idea. Uh, what if being a Terminator uh, is not necessarily a robot, but it's like a choice? Like you can go put something in like a chip inside of your head and someone controls it. And like you start the movie and there's like a string of cereal killings and there it's like it's like seven or something and the police are trying to track down a serial killer and it turns out it's like one of these chips has just gone haywire and they can't stop this guy that has this chip in his head so you keep a little bit of like the technology aspect of it but i think at this point like anything like skynet and i don't want to know but i think there's probably a way to work everyone's idea i think anything with like skynet like it's a little bit my night Rider thing, which is like, we're kind of there. We're already here, you know? Well,
1: one of the things that I think makes Skynet kind of infantile at this point is, you know, there was that great documentary on... Well, not great, but there was a documentary on Netflix um, <laughs> about how algorithms have essentially already Skyneted us and they didn't need to be self-aware or evil to do it. Like, if the idea that just these algorithms exist that can control our information flow and are operating according to parameters that have nothing to do with what's good for us or what's bad for us. You know, we're already living in an AI dystopia. It just isn't going, I should kill all humans. You know,
2: you know, it's weird on that very same note. So it's not strange to talk about something in your house. And then you see an Instagram ad for it the next day. What's happening to me now, which is like, now I see the end game is, I'm thinking something in my head and I'm not talking about it to anybody. I don't say it out loud. And the next day I see an ad for that thing. That's That's where it's like, it's probably Mm -hmm. already decided. Like it's, it's, it's figured out what I'm, if I, if I looked up this, if I thought about that, that probably means at some point, I'm going to be thinking about this thing all the way over here.
1: Dude, that is the modern day version of Terminator time travel. It's like AI precognition, right? Like, There's something. There's also something really creepy to the idea that, like, it can predict exactly what you're going to do, even when you're aware of it and are actively trying to rebel against it. Like, there's just no way to outsmart the machine. That's kind of a creepy idea. Well, just to give
2: you an example, we were talking about our honeymoon, (laughs) and we were just talking about the food. That's it, and. I was laying there that night in, in bed and I didn't even have my phone next to me. I was just thinking in my head, I was like, oh yeah, I forgot that day that my wife tried to teach me tennis and I was just horrible at it. Like I just couldn't, whatever. Two days later, I got an ad on Instagram for tennis rackets and I was just like, how, how is this possible that it's in my head?
1: I'm, I have that like, that gives me goosebumps. That's, right? that's chilling. <laughs> that is chilling. It is honestly
0: very uh, scary.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I don't know. It's it's like I feel,
3: I, I I do get why that's scary. Uh, but it feels like you guys are like scared of the consumer experience of twenty twenty one. No, but it's the, it's the
2: fact that we chose <laughs> we chose that we clicked. I agree to those terms. SkyNet was always something that just happened. It was then they turned it military, and it was something no one had a choice. Then they did Genesis, which was really dumb. We're not going to talk about that. But the <laughs> thing is, like, I chose to have whatever this thing is take over my brain essentially. And for nine times out of 10, I'm like, oh, that's neat. Yeah, I was just talking about that. I'll click on that, you know? Well, the, well just to, just a yes. And you guys idea,
3: because uh, I think a, I don't want to go too far afield of implacable, actual physical thing coming after you. I think we need to yeah. circle back to Agreed. that aspect Agreed. of it. Sure. But I think something that is implacable and unstoppable using all that, that you said to the point where you got to bury your phone in the woods and go the opposite direction, 5,000 miles. And now you're just like a person in the past. You don't have no phone. You don't have an email. You can't use your bank account. You can't call nobody on the phone. You like make yourself a caveman to get away from this thing. And it still doesn't work because it's got, it's got enough information about you to know maybe where you would run and all this kind of stuff. I think that's super cool. But I also think uh, that this concept of like the dumb AI that we have right now would act exactly like skynet they have just enough information so they just you know they say about uh AI, they, you tell an AI, "I want to walk five thousand miles." It makes two legs that are four thousand miles long and stumbles that way. It 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 cannot. Is that a uh, thing?
1: People say that.
3: <laughs> I mean, no, I you mean, know, my grandma
2: need... used to stitch that for me. <laughs> no,
3: I'm, I'm just saying that they have programmed AI to do simple tasks like that, and it doesn't plot a succinct route to go five thousand miles. It builds five thousand mile legs and stumbles that way and breaks itself. It's it. They're simple, and so in the first movie, it was like Sarah Connors, kill them all. You know, and I think that simplicity we need to get back to. Yes, and and I think it's one of these things where, me personally, I'm gonna go out a limb and say we don't need one central character because, again, I don't know what's so interesting about some of these one central characters. I would kind of love a movie where Sarah Connors are being murdered and stuff, and maybe one of them gathers them up or something. They're like, look. Come with me if you want to live. I've stayed alive, you know, and all you Sarah Connors, Sarah M. I mean, you're going to be called Katie because we're all named Sarah Connor. You're Katie. I'm Rose. And we got to survive this stuff. And and as they keep getting murked, which one is the real one or something like that? I mean, maybe that's too far afield or too pedestrian. But I just think let's expand that either we're going to have a central character we can super care about or we can have a, a series that goes through who could be the in episode seven when the main white blue and blonde blue-eyed karen uh uh sarah connor that we've been following and thinking is the main one gets murked where does the story go from there or maybe the ai is trying to take out different people who come together as a team to mess it up in the future something uh, you know stuff like that not not so chosen one just anybody could get it anybody could be a murder anybody could be a victim of this murder machine because you might your relative, your, you, or somebody might have done something to harm or, this AI at some, some point. some
0: weird skill that you have combines with the team to be useful. Like, that's as simple as that. That's, that's great. And-
1: okay, okay. Before we go too far down this road, we're going to start doing something here on Reboot It that uh, we've never done before. And that is commercials. So, sit tight. We'll be back in like 60-ish seconds. Go. So, if it's a world that's sort of already been AI-optimized, whatever that means, and maybe we don't know as the viewer, and maybe we're following a group of sort of Luddites in the woods, but what if what if they're like the last... What if the resistance ends in the first 10 minutes of the movie? Like this last pocket of humanity, or, or what we think is going to be our main characters, is found and neutralized, and one of them is taken... Host, not hostage captive and they take one person captive back to where you know the skynet intelligence has centered its version of humanity and it's like a high-tech paradise with flying cars and everything but there's a general sense that people have become like sort of obsolete and maybe that's their whole point like maybe the terminator is talking about like the end point of humanity anyway where i'm getting to is just trying to flip the chosen one The one person that they take captive is brought before this version of Skynet and is sort of laid out like, today, either the human race ends or it doesn't. And the human race will end when people that you have worked with launch an assault on Skynet. And you can help us stop it by going and killing them. And it becomes this sort of moral question of like, Do you believe the AI? Is the AI actually trying to like optimize things for humanity? Is like, do you take that mission? Like, what would you do if that was you? Right? You're someone who's fighting to not live a life that is completely controlled, predicted, as we've been talking about, by this omnipresent AI. And then you're stopped. And then the AI brings you in and is like, I have done the math. Today is the day humanity dies unless you go out and stop all these people that you were fighting side by side with. Your choice, what do you do? Mm-hmm. There's a lot in there
2: that I like. I like the idea of flipping the script and Skynet, the minute it goes online, doesn't just kill everybody. That it, that it becomes,
1: you know, kind of a-
0: A boon to most of society.
1: Right. Well, it's like right it's almost like wally right it's almost like you have this hyper intelligent system that can do all the things billy is talking about and then the majority of humanity is just like cool like ship me everything i need before i even need to write it down for myself
3: okay but okay i think this is my take on that maybe it's you said minority report earlier bill and i think minority report could have been so much better because if you think about it Tom Cruise was the Terminator, bro. The system sends you to kill people, to arrest people, harm people so that they can be liquidated. The system tells you that person's bad and your whole life has been killing and harming that which is bad. And now you could get some new awakening of, oh my God, I am the Terminator. I don't want to sound too navel-gazy, but like if our main character is the Terminator.
1: Yes, yes, you're right, but that is Minority Report. That's the only thing we run into there. Like That is the Minority Report story. So what I'm suggesting is flip the script one more time instead of the person who's always been the Terminator questioning whether or not they should be the Terminator It's literally taking the person who was hunted by Terminators and being told the only way nobody, uh, the only way everybody doesn't die is if you become a Terminator. So it's like everything that has hunted you and made your life, everything you don't want it to be that you hate, says you only got one choice become that thing. Have a nice day. To me, there's something very juicy about that. And so then it's like, not only are you going out and actually having to, like if you buy into that mission in act one, now you got to go out and go murder a bunch of people that you agree with on a philosophical level. But then throughout the entire movie, you're wrestling with like, but do I? And I think everything that happens should be telling you, yes, you do. And I don't know where that leads to, but to me there's like such rich dramatic possibilities to that.
0: Well, I, and I, okay, here's, here's the thing. Um, I, I'm thinking about what Billy mentioned uh, about the, the the chip in the person. So this person that you're talking about now has to make a decision to do that. And maybe the consequences are so great that it tips her into the point of saying yes. And the, uh, the AI is like, we can give you a chip that will give you an advantage to actually beat Uh, the people that you're into and then she is planning on rebelling but the computer already knows she was going to rebel and makes the chip make her kill someone and she doesn't want to kill them because that could be a horrifying i feel like
1: i feel like every time we get into some of these philosophical quandaries i'm always the guy being like no, make them do the horrible thing. And like, Ron's always the guy being like, but do they have to, can we find a workaround? But I I think Ron is very rightfully a buoy
3: in the sea of cynicism, because I think in in the end, I do agree that your idea is very exploratory of a lot of feelings that I haven't seen on television or movies in a long time. And I, I appreciate that. On another level, I think just basic story sense, there's only so much murdering of people that you can do on screen viscerally, and then have them go, "But am I?" And Bro, then they get some minute. kind of redemption, like how is that redemption function for my mom or or your dad or anybody? you know why what I'm does saying?
1: John Wick work?
3: Because he's an assassin and he's killing assassins who are assassins. Who so everybody, everybody everybody uh, screw that, dog. but I'm saying the people, like, the people that he's them. murdering, the people that he's murdering are obviously bad. And we are we're on team bad guy, but he's our bad guy. And as Ron said, they killed his dog.
2: I think but, Ron and I just talked about this when we were talking *Revenge of the Sith*, which is Vader is just Episode Three makes him irredeemable by Episode Six. Like you just can't root for a guy that killed kids. So I agree with Ed that it's just like there is a certain point where it's just like a bridge too far. But, My, but uh, oh, wait a minute! I, I just it just hit me. I, I I I hope I'm not
3: cutting you off. I think that we would have the first movie where the Terminator was a character too, or the first show where the Terminator was a character too, because I think that's brilliant, a brilliant way to have a dude who is straight up murdering, but he's doing it for a righteous cause. And we could still have a dang protagonist who is implacably being getting closer to this person's been killing people implacably getting closer to that person, male or female, and they're like, "My world's falling apart. My AI is predicting where I'm going to be. My friends are dying. All this kind of jazz." And the Terminator's like, "It's for your own good. Stop resisting me."
1: Who? Sorry, who's the Terminator in that scenario? Is it the, the, the John Terminator? Wayne? Would be, no, the Go
3: Terminator ahead. is the, you guys' conception of this guy, oh, who's okay. this person who's been straight up and a god-like AI that could predict everybody's thoughts. is basically God on Earth. Tells you. That you have a holy mission now to murder a bunch of people, and you go, man, I'm the chosen one. Let's do it. And so your Terminator is like, they can have a chip or cybernetic stuff or not, but that person is so single-minded in their wanting to kill you and your friends, you and your, and you and your gang of friends for as the characters of the show or the or the movie, and that, but he's not going to stop. That's all he does because he's he's a zealot. I think that's kind of interesting to me as a, as a flip on the Terminator. Guy.
0: And He's the bad guy rather than the good guy being forced to kill people being given a choice f- to kill people. Is that what we're saying?
3: Theoretically, you got two good guys in concert, which is not what any Terminator was ever about. And that's why they got so much simpler and dumber it's a, a person against implacable evil. That has a nice ring to it, but a person against a person who thinks that they're implac- that they're good,
0: Placably good,
1: yeah.
3: I, I just, th- I, to me, that's something interesting. You can take it or leave it. It's I, I, no ego.
2: What do you think, no, Billy? No, for
1: sure. I go ahead, Billy. I don't know. Yeah.
2: I, I, just, I guess I'm having a little hard time. I'm trying to get on board and and vibe. I think, I think my, it's just my personal taste is just like even all of this is just starting to get really like story heavy, and I think terminator is at its best when it's just so stripped down like there's still nothing that's scary to me about it and i just feel mm-hmm. like i guess yeah like asking myself yeah. tough questions is looking up the scale in the morning is scary type of way but <laughs> yeah. uh, i i don't i'm not well, scared okay. of that of like that's that's my hang up and it's just like i i almost got excited when you're like just throw away Skynet because I do feel like Skynet then necessitates this like huge backstory but it's like what if that just didn't factor into it that's why like I brought up 7 at the beginning it's like what if the Terminator is not like a focal point of the movie the the point of the movie you know like you could almost find out at the end of the second act that the, that the killer that you're tracing is actually this unstoppable killing machine you're not going to get it I don't know I just think like the more and more deeper we get, it's like we we're just digging such huge stories. Where it's just like we've seen so many huge stories. Like how do we how do we simplify? Because Ed, I, I disagree when you're like the the movies got simpler and dumber. I'm like no, they got so much more complex and dumber. That's what made them dumb. <laughs> yeah. Well, I th- I
3: just I m- I meant simple in that it always has to be Terminator on Terminator action. To me, that was the simple equation that they did. And all the rest of the stories got more and more complicated. But once they arrived upon Terminator versus Terminator, they got obsessed with that. And all I'm saying is person versus Terminator is where it's at. That's where it's at. It's not Terminator on Terminator crime. It's, it's people versus Terminators. That's, that's where the juice is. And they left it totally.
1: I agree with that. I I think the only pushback I would have to what Billy said is that I think that that first movie's brilliance, yes, is in its simplicity, but it's also in its, it's not even a twist. It's, It's in its conceit. Like it created a backstory for itself that you really didn't need the details of, which I think is where a lot of the sequels went wrong, but it was so unique and tasty and like, what? Like you hear it and you're like, "Ooh, tell me more." And then it goes off the rails because the sequels do tell you more. But like that's the thing that I think this needs. That the, my only reaction to 7 is like the Terminator isn't a serial killer story. The Terminator is a sci-fi serial killer story. And so I just want to make sure that the sci-fi is represented. See, I'm just yeah. like so not interested in the sci-fi because the sci-fi
2: part is where it's just like that that to me should be like the the dressing, but instead it becomes like the full entree, and a lot of these these things.
1: I think it could be I the mean, dressing, but it has to be there. Is all I'm saying. And, and not it, disagreeing
2: with that. Not disagreeing yeah. with that. I'm just saying yeah. where we started to head, initially, to me felt like it was starting to get like so you know, complicated. Like, what yeah, are we yeah. talking about? But. I almost, uh, I'm I willing to, take, to I'm willing to kind of work within those parameters. Uh,
3: i'm willing I'm willing personally to pledge myself to taking computers out of it because I think that's where a lot of it gets bogged down to me as far as not dramatic. Like there's only a, a, a set of server banks can't twist its mustache. When I saw the Terminator as an Austrian person coming after me, that was scary and then his skin ripped off and he was an
1: unstoppable robot.
3: I mean th- that's what it's about. That's No, you're that- right.
1: It's that's the other thing too is like that idea of their hiding among us, you know, it's a it's an inhuman thing that wears a human face. Um that body horror of like it can mm. rip off its own visage and reveal the monster underneath like all that stuff that was in the original and was sort of interestingly subverted in the sequel, and then was completely left by the wayside. I think you're right. All that stuff needs to be a part of it. Um, so we do I need just, a robot. I don't know if it's a robot, but anything I, there is always something that's horrifying. To it wears a human face.
3: You, you know what? You know what the most? You know what the best Terminator movie in the last twenty years was? It follows. Mm -hmm. It put on your grandma's face. The monster in there could put on your grandma's face and have her implacably walk across a football field at you. And you can outrun your grandma, but you can't run all the time, can you? And it's just the implacable, the slow march of that death. The, the, The monster in that movie was just, it wore a human face and it walked implacably towards you. And that was scary as hell. And half the time it was just shots of a grandma from a football field across and a little bit of score. And you're crapping your pants. And that angle of Terminator was was what sparked James Cameron's uh, imagination in the first place. That Lance Hendrickson, svelte ass, could walk out of a mall crowd with a Panama shirt on and shoot you in your face. Where's that at in all this?
1: Interesting. Interesting. Uh, guys, Cameron's beeping in. Um, I'm going to put him through. Oh, great. Guys, how's it going? Do we have a movie yet? Do we have a movie? Almost. We're getting there. there. Well, here's the thing. You know, I I, I want the audience to be invested in Jake's story. It's Jake's story, and we have to remember that. Sigourney has been pushing for her character to get a lion's share of the screen time, but I said Sigourney? Um,
2: uh, um, Mr. Cameron, so sorry. Uh, We're doing Terminator. Uh, I think you're
1: talking about Avatar still. Yeah, unless you want Sigourney Weaver in this movie, that's exactly what I'm saying. Uh, we need Sigourney Weaver in this movie. Uh, we need Linda in this movie. We need Arnold in this movie. This is Terminator, right? Put them all in. This is Terminator. This is what we. This is what the people want. Um, that's exactly what I'm. You're right. I didn't make a mistake. That's exactly what I'm saying. Sigourney, Linda, Arnold. Put them in. Okay, I'll be back. Uh look forward to uh, the pitch on this Terminator movie, which I knew the whole time that we were talking about a Terminator movie. Okay, goodbye. Oh, Do you great. Think he actually wants those people in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't.
2: <laughs> Does that oh. count for anything? <laughs> I mean, I'm cool
0: with Sigourney Weaver.
2: Uh, yeah, I I'm, I'm cool. I'm cool but with this Good.
0: I mean, I mean, was there any rules on how we put them in? Do we want to, do we want to finagle it a little bit, or do they have to be the stars? Like, what's? He didn't say they have to be the stars. They could get killed Fair. at the beginning.
3: Uh, <laughs> they could be on the television when our character is at the, is at a 100%. restaurant or
0: something.
3: I, I They're not in this movie.
0: On they're the just... Tonight Show. <laughs> the, two, the main character is watching the tonight show and they're talking about a new alien versus terminator movie that's coming out
3: That that when movies are on the screen, they're alien or they're terminator movies or they're, or they're avatar. And it's just a nice little Easter egg for the people.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> cause it's like, it's like, cause you know what I think? I, I, honestly, on some real stuff, if I had a gun, a gun in my head, if I had to pitch that legitimately, I would say it cements the fact that there ain't no Skynet and this ain't your daddy's terminator. This isn't, this isn't going to be what you've seen a billion times before. It'd be a subtle nod to the fact that you're, we're not going to do that. We're going to do something more insidious than that, which we're trying to design right now.
1: Guys, do we just call up Fox and try to do Alien versus Terminator at this point? I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> call Disney. Make,
2: I don't even know who owns Term, Terminator anymore. It seems to you know, be in 5,000 different places.
1: Well, we're doing this for Paramount+. Plus, So yeah I guess there's no way in hell that we get a, a fox property on Paramount plus.
2: Yeah. Uh, Paramount yeah I don't I don't even know what Paramount owns anymore unless the Terminator transformed into a Optimus prime. you know I was just <laughs> gonna say that. <laughs> Paramount's got
1: Transformers.
2: Oh yeah, man, I, just, I thought on Terminator yeah. on Terminator was fun. Wait till I see Machine on Big Machine. Uh, <laughs> dude, dude, a Terminator
3: driving Optimus Prime, and he's he <laughs> just <laughs> went. the <up. laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's great.
1: Is there so a return
0: Terminator into a comedy? <laughs> that's the question.
1: <laughs> Is there a version of this that's like uh, a scream-style self-aware horror movie where, like, it interrupts the filming of another rote Terminator movie starring Linda Hamilton and Arnold Schwarzenegger? And you you're go just Super doing meta? like new night, new nightmare. Yeah, I don't want to go yeah, yeah, full yeah,
2: yeah. new nightmare. That's
1: that's <laughs> full new nightmare. <laughs> but what better setting for a full new nightmare than in a virtual reality? Oh. I'm, just tra- guys, I'm just trying to go completely <laughs> over the <laughs> top here. Damn, nobody's go- nobody's <laughs> you, you going over this waterfall with <laughs> I
3: I never pitched – okay, th- this will this will shock you guys and how bad it is, and we'll get back on track. I thought about a team of Sarah Connors jumping through different time frames and dealing with a different Terminator every two or three episodes. You got an Elizabethan Terminator. He's got a freaking George Washington wig on. He's shooting flintlock pistols at you. You're trying to get him to walk in front of a wick – Cannonball, or or, or trying to get them to fall down a gully. Yeah, uh, um, next week you're in the
2: fifties. Next week, and, and everybody, actually, in the, you know.
0: I actually like that idea.
2: I mean, the idea is that's. I mean, it didn't go that far, but the idea that Skynet sent a ton of Terminators in different parts of time, and uh, and humans went to a bunch of different parts of time. That's what the Saracana Chronicles was. Was this idea that. It's like a a battle across time um, not certainly not to you know the days of Shakespeare, which would definitely be fun, but it would be kind of cool, probably disrespectful, but cool to like go through all these uh. These evil moments in history to find out that it was Terminators, you know, like oh Terminators <laughs> killed JFK, Terminators <laughs> shot. A- but I mean, that's like if I'm Skynet, that's what I'm doing. I'm like, fine. If you're gonna win, I'm gonna just be petty and just go dismantle the entire history of your people, just bit by bit.
1: Or, that, or I also. I- oh, sorry. Go. Uh, okay. Uh, I, uh, go ahead, Bill. No, I just I the thing I love about that is that it posits the fact that we are already in the darkest timeline. Like if you are just blaming all of history's atrocities on the intervention of terminators, it's like there was some human utopia that we all could be living in, except for the fact that we're, we're not, we're living through the terminator f- timeline.
2: Yeah. What if they won? What if this is it? <laughs> I mean,
1: that's kind of, that's <laughs> yeah. kind of an, an amazing idea.
0: That is workable.
1: Now Ron, what what was your what were you going to say? Well, because our human
0: element might have to be someone who tries to stop the terminators, I guess, right? I mean, or or maybe it's a person who's no, cuz this is going I don't to... know that
2: you know what it actually brings up an interesting point because it's like if you told me right now that's exactly what happened. That's what happened. The the reason I'm sitting here with the life that I've had is because of terminators going and just fucking up our timelines. And you're like, we can go back and stop them. I'd say you. And if you dare try to stop this, I'll kill you. Cause you're not taking away my life from me. I like my life. Like, I think that's an interesting co- It's almost like Tony Stark's like, yeah, you could bring everybody back, but don't you dare change any of the like horrible hmm. five years. Anyone's been through. So like, could you have could you have zealots on both sides that are ooh. having
3: like the, this war over the time stuff you know what i mean like there's people who are just like keep it the same and so you got it, it, and again this may be so it's, it's like, like a, a class war almost you know <laughs> yeah you know time cop yeah. with a sprinkling of terminator <laughs> is what this is starting to get to cuz i, would,
2: I would posit too like you can't guarantee your life's going to be way better if you change everything so why would you destroy mine when mine's pretty good You know,
1: that that's the sort of meaty philosophical stuff I'm here for is that idea that like, look, we could go back and stop all this horrible stuff from happening. And there would definitely be people like me who would be like, yeah, we should do that because it doesn't matter what it does to anybody on an individual level. It's better for everybody in the aggregate. So, yes, let's do it. And then you have somebody like Billy who's like, I'm happy with my life. I love my wife and daughter. I don't want to live in a world where I could be dead. Like, you know. Or they there, just there's, don't there's, exist. I don't exist. I mean. Yeah, there yeah, no way. Effect. There could be a butterfly effect in which I am completely unwritten out of time. So, And no, honestly, that, that would
2: be Skynet's plan for us to kill each other off is i would just have to kill you to keep you from doing that it's kind of like all uh, ed's favorite it's almost palpatine ish you start if they can't start a war with us and when they'll just have us war with each other
3: yeah I mean, interesting yeah I'm, and the fact and the fact is it, even if it wasn't their grand plan it's still playing into it because just like in real life everybody we all have these solutions but our politics stop us from enacting any solution you know, and, and just the, it, it's it's like this is a great metaphor for the infighting that happens in real life is all
1: I'm saying. I'm I'm just picturing like an opening scene where there's a room full of killer robots. And the I guess it wouldn't be somebody pushing a button because it's all AI, but it's like the button gets pushed and they all disappear. Right. Like the time machine turns on and they all disappear. And then that's sort of your mission statement for the show is like the you know it's sort of like at that moment the world as we know it materializes and so then I don't know I don't know how what what you do with that dramatically but there's something kind of amazing to just some version of the world has been lost we don't know what it is all we know is that the world we currently live in has taken its place and it just it just leaves you with this like do you fight for the world that nobody knows what it is that we didn't even show you as the show or do you fight to preserve the world we have? I, there's something cool about that. I that's think that's great. really
2: cool, yeah. That's um, awesome. And each
0: episode what... can can focus on like a specific time period. So that gives us an opportunity to y- each to use like like um like specific it makes it fun because then you're going to be able to do different styles each episode as well like like you really could have a victorian episode a um you know a 50s episode a 1989 episode whatever and and that'll appeal to a lot of people as well while still having a future quote unquote future even though literally it'd be right now our lives uh involved as well
1: i don't know what do you guys think would you actually bounce through the timeline or would this all be sort of like a weird prequel to Kyle Reese going back in time, right? Would this all take place in the modern era where it's like people start, it's like somebody discovers, this is in poor taste, but it's like somebody discovers what the is the Holocaust? And it's like, Oh my God! The Holocaust happened, and so it's like you know that there was a world where the Holocaust didn't happen before the Terminators pushed the button, and then it's sort of like somebody's going to go back and try to prevent it, and then somebody's I, I, I yeah, we're got to
2: be real careful with what we choose to. I mean, I'm not saying that the that the idea of I'm just saying we're going to be, what we would highlight. That's why I said like JFK getting assassinated, stuff like that, which is look, it's all crass to a certain degree. I'm the one that bitched about Abraham Lincoln Vampire Slayer a few episodes back. But my point just being like, yeah, I think, I think you almost, the way I would see it is like, so, you know, you, like you said, you open on all these terminators, just boom. And then whatever room they're in also disappears. And then maybe we get a quick montage of just, yeah, those famous kind of things in history. Uh, And it's, it's almost like the Watchmen credits where it's just like, it's fast. Like, we don't need to dwell on it. And then the series starts. And I think, yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't personally need to see Westworld with, you know, uh, people like that kind of iteration of it. But I am very interested in the idea of a group of people who want to change it, a group of people who will do anything to keep it from being changed, and maybe even a third group of people who don't believe
1: any of this is real. Well, I think that's sort of your yeah I mean that's that's like your main populace right I guess from a mechanic standpoint like just from a storytelling standpoint I'm trying to figure out are you time traveling in the course of the episodes or are you not I would say
2: no but let me
1: just throw this out there because maybe it's a part of it maybe it's not when when whoever first pitched this I think it was Ed I was actually picturing you do a series but there's no heroes and it's just dark as And you essentially just watch a Terminator on its mission in like 1843. And the Terminator has to go and kill some specific people. And you just watch this future robot killing machine go and kill those people. It's sort of like every episode of the show is the first act of the original Terminator through various points in time.
2: Oh, You know what could be interesting is you do that and then something little changes so that's how like people like me knows like they got we didn't get you know they got there before we could because now these five things are different or gone or don't exist anymore no one's heard of it you know but i'm still here so there's still time to save enough of time you hear what i'm saying so it's like somebody
1: perceives it's like. This is the other thing I don't want it to be like everybody perceives that things are changing but maybe there's certain people maybe there's even certain technology where it's like you can perceive oh this ripple just happened you know there's there's time artifacts or whatever
3: well is is it maybe maybe we're maybe we're thinking a little too complex I think uh I think the 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 thing that makes Terminator good is Kyle Reese given whatever is around has to deter a Terminator. And I'm not saying it's Kyle Reese, I'm saying the person. And I am trying to narrow it down to a person. And maybe, what if that person, just like Kyle Reese, was he was part of the lineage, but he didn't really know it? He was just a soldier who was going on a mission, a basically suicide mission. A guy, what, what's what's a worse suicide mission than hurtling through time, chasing in the time stream some Terminator who's trying to mess up the world? And some episodes, you win. You stop him from killing the viceroy or whatever. Some episodes you lose, and we get XYZ historical thing that happened. Dude, maybe I, you know
1: I love the idea of just making this a straight-up anthology. And every episode is one freedom fighter versus one terminator in some random time period. And sometimes the freedom fighter loses and something really horrible from our history happens. And sometimes the freedom fighter wins and something even more horrible is averted. And it's like the sum total is still the world in which we live, but it's sort of like this weird secret history of the world told as these standalone anthology stories. Down. That's so fun. What do you guys, how about you, Ed? Bill E.
0: Bill E. (laughs) Bill E.
2: (laughs) 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 Yeah, maybe season two, then you could introduce uh, someone that stops you know, or wants. I just, I like the idea. Like, look, no, it, I, I agree with you. I, I agree. Yeah, with yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, but yeah, that's dude, cool I, I think, I think, season, what's interesting so season is once... one,
0: just to reiterate, season one, we sort of set <laughs> up this world where there's almost like time heists happening. The Terminators are sending things back, there's a group of people that know and want it to change. No, and don't and don't want it to change
2: but why and why we just have to figure out two. why why are we sending why is anyone going back why is skynet or whatever it is sending anyone back
1: to okay hold on so just from we can wandavision this right so it starts first episode maybe two episodes is just the terminator and the guy or the woman and they're coming from some indeterminate point in the time in in the future And it's very much like, you know, the original Terminator in different time periods. But then episode three, maybe four, a new player comes back. And so just as the um, Freedom Fighter is about to win, somebody else shows up, another human, and kills the Freedom Fighter. And then maybe that human continues the Terminator's job. And so now it's like, well, that's a new wrinkle. There's humans going back to sabotage the humans that are trying to sabotage the robots. You could even do this, like, first episode, straight up just a Terminator doing its mission in the past. Second episode, Terminator going to do its mission, a human shows up. Third episode, Terminator going to do its mission, a human shows up, and then another human shows up to kill the first human. You know what I mean, and so you're gradually building this idea that there yeah. are these two different forces, and then maybe by your fourth episode, somebody discovers that they can bounce again through time. So it's not just a one-time trip, you know, and it, it becomes like you're eventually leading to an actual protagonist and showing these groups, but it's like this slow rollout.
0: Yeah, I mean that's that's I mean that's one of the things that. Uh, WandaVision, uh, Mandalorian, all of them have built so well by leaving a little bit of mystery each episode so that on the next episode, it reveals a little bit more, but not everything and puts you a new mystery, uh, to think about and talk about on the internets,
1: my friends. (laughs) I I mean, that, that can't be overstated that if this is going to be a streaming series and it is going to be released weekly that sense of like oh my god what is going on and by the way what better way to use the cameron mandated schwarzenegger hamilton sigourney weaver cameos than as sort of like those cliffhanger teases you know you've gone three episodes and then in the fourth episode just like evan peters and wandavision freaking actual linda hamilton shows up to waste that terminator and the other human that's been sent back after that terminator you know, so it's almost like you're, you're just taking baby steps back toward the future to even try to wrap your head around what is even going on in the future, right? Like, and then you just end up slowly sort of unspooling this whole philosophical. And maybe you're getting bits and pieces of it in the dialogue as you're meeting these different people that are doomed to die for the first few episodes, right? Like it, part of it is building the whole philosophical argument of it.
3: Yeah, I mean, I I really dig that. At the same time, if an executive came in and told us we had to make it a guy and a terminator that we could actually get to know over the course of a series, then I would like that too.
1: No Um, executives doing that, so we should you know (laughs) not feel obligated. I'm just saying I'm saying just for like
3: storytelling purposes for us to get to know somebody, because frankly, I didn't basically cry at the end of crap like Star Trek Voyager because it had a different hero every episode. I, you know, what I'm saying I got to live with a group of people. And when they got home, it's Waterworks City. So I'm just saying for the practical application of character building in this, we have a central protagonist Now you could put them through hell. You can you can bounce them through times. You can take them they can take L's throughout history. They can barely do this and do that. They can be stranded somewhere. We can have a person take over for an episode or something. But there is a central person. With as ron loves a central wound that is part of why they have to do this zealotus thing of going through time and trying to stop this vastly superior thing a motivation for that because again in the last movie they snuck a motivation in there he went for love and he went for duty i don't want a random succession of people who i don't know what their love is and i don't want to know what their duty is and i have to figure it out in 40 minutes and then they're dead I just think a central protagonist, even as we introduce other protagonists to die in this cause, a central protagonist and a central Terminator, at least a central Terminator model, I
0: like that. That's what I like.
1: I think you can make the other thing work, but alright, fair enough.
0: Well, how about we do a combo of 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 that, where we start
1: That's what off- I suggested! I suggested yeah. a combo of that.
0: Yeah, we start off with, you know, a, a couple of who's gonna be the main character and make sure that each, the main character is in each one. But then we build to that person being the main part of the story and possibly uh, the other human that we have involved, the Terminator, both being the main versions as well. So then we have three characters that people can get behind and make action figures out of.
1: Are they bouncing through time though? That's the only thing that, that I, that's what I, that, does, that doesn't track to me is if oh, okay. you're if, if you're time copying this where it's like I, we're chasing each other through time.
0: Yeah, I think that they have to do that. And I, I mean what else would you do?
3: I think we not just have to come up with what the mechanism is and not not dedicate ourselves to making the mechanism dumb. Like I mean I, I remember watching sliders now I understand that this ain't sliders but they just were just like look there's a hole you can jump through it for a certain amount of time whatever. Or if what imagine if the Terminators were the only people that could self go through time. So if you are going to follow a Terminator through time, you got to like jump on an active Terminator and follow it through the freaking wormhole, which is a horrifically dangerous act to be trying to do, even if it's a piece of scrap metal. I'm just spitballing here. I'm just saying it doesn't have to be stupid how our characters can like track each other through time or how they can pop up with each other. We just have to think about why it would be. Is all I'm saying. But like I said, if you don't want a central, if you guys all vote that we don't need a central character, I am I am full on board because I love okay. anthologies. I watch Star Trek all day. If if a different crew died every day, I might
1: like that. They're one off thinking, science fiction adventures. I'm just Ron. Before you say what you're going to say, all I'm yeah, thinking right. is that the one off science fiction adventure in the form of the Twilight Zone is one of the greatest things to ever be on television. And I get that they tried to reboot the Twilight Zone and it didn't work. And I guess what I'm saying is. Rather than, than the Twilight Zone just being a total disconnected melange of nonsense ideas, what if you essentially Twilight Zoned the Terminator? What if you use the central conceit of the Terminator to make a Twilight Zone style show? That's I guess that's all I'm saying here. What Billy? about
0: you, Billy? You seem <laughs> very quiet. I'm thinking. Okay.
2: Um
0: I mean, because what I actually think maybe we don't have the antagonist human be the same person now. Uh, I think it might be great to have the protagonist human, the antagonist Terminator, and then some part of a group that shows up to try to keep things the same that's maybe influenced by the Terminators? Or, um, oh, no, that's not what I was thinking. they betraying the people who are fighting the, the the um terminator so there's there's someone within the group that is sending other people to stop them um from do you see what i'm saying so there's no I see this is this is kind
2: of where I was hope where I was worried we were gonna fall into which is what everything has fallen into, which is like my eyes are glazing over. I'm like, what what is happening? Who's doing what anymore? Like the simplest idea or the simplest version of this idea I agree is the like, we we've set the foundation of what the story is and then we present it. Yeah. Like I'm fine with an anthology series where it's just like, we set up like this is the world. This is the conflict. This is the groups on each side of this conflict. Here's a series where every episode is a different chapter following different people of that conflict.
1: I'm okay. telling you guys, there's something. I'm, I'm to, fine with that. That's fine. Here's, here's the only last argument I'll make because I know there's people watching this that are 100 on Ed's side, and you can be wrong. I believe in you. All I want to say, <laughs> all I want to say is you have seen so many versions of rogue organizations chasing each other through time, and people. There's a show on the CW right now called Legends of Tomorrow about people going through time trying to present disaster trying to prevent disasters and that is everything we talked about at the top of this episode that we're doing right now not working about the Terminator and if you're saying that the thing that works about the Terminator is an implacable evil that can't be stopped that kills you for reasons you don't even know and is an inhuman gross thing that you would never expect in a million years to be there on the street waiting for you, that is what the anthology pitch does. It essentially allows you to tell the original James Cameron version of The Terminator over and over again. And if we've built a complicated mythology in our own minds as writers, you unspool that in little tiny spoonfuls to your audience from episode to episode where you're constantly adding new pieces to the adventure that doesn't necessitate people hopping through the time stream. It's just when you meet new people, it's another new wrinkle to what you're seeing. And as a viewer, there's something really rewarding to building up in your head. What is this future? Like what the hell is going on here? I mean, to
2: that end, that would, you know, a cool way. I was just thinking of like a reveal that there are these two groups of people who don't agree on changing the past. It's like, what if we did an episode? It's like your third or fourth episode. And you're like, oh man, they're doing another Terminator kills a guy episode or guy Terminator episode. And you find out at the very end, like, that's not a Terminator. This guy's not a robot. Like this was just a, a human versus a human what's going on here? What's the, this is different. This is weird, you know?
1: I kind of think every episode should, like every episode ends differently than you would expect. First episode is just a straight up riff on the on the Sarah Connor story. And then the second episode, like I said, maybe it's a riff on the T2 story where now there's like another person that comes back to stop the person fighting the Terminator. But then, yeah, you get really weird with it. It's a human killing another human and there wasn't even a robot in this episode then it's a robot killing what you thought was a historical figure but that historical figure was a terminator It was like a robot in disguise sort of a thing and so it's just this idea of like how crazy would it get if you are literally fighting a war with time machines and yeah, that's and the terminator story.
0: goes and blows up a big rig because it's off to miss prime <laughs> I guess. I guess
1: I part's <laughs> a part <laughs> of the joke,
0: obviously. You just said more than meets the
1: eye, and I couldn't. Stop. I, I, I was waiting for you to pick that ball up around as soon as I rolled it onto the field.
3: Um, well, let, let me let me the, just say let me just say something. Yeah. I am won over by your zeal, you zealot, and <laughs> and and it is almost like I, I've always wanted to do an anthology something, and so it's almost like I'm fighting against what I've always been fighting for, which is a, a perfect elucidation of this idea.
2: You know what I mean? <laughs> no, I love I, I love too that it's like then we can have those episodes where it's just like, yeah, what does all this look like from a Terminator's point of view? Like, you know, kind of that, that episode of TNG where it's like all through Data's uh, kind of POV. It's like, what if you did a, an episode like what does a Terminator do when it can't find you? What does a Terminator do? Like we know that they have like human flesh. Like what is, I want to see it. How does a Terminator try to act human to blend into something like you can do all of these cool things. And it's like, like a, do a Terminator having like an inner light episode. From pretty Star much. Trek. Pretty yeah. much. <laughs> what if a Terminator like self chose to not follow its order or what the question I've always had is, and they didn't answer it in dark fate, which I really, or they did. And I thought it was really dumb. And I think we could do a better version, which was, what do you do when the mission's over? For him, he's just like, oh, I just sat back and I learned things and I became really sorry. It's like, no, I don't think that's what would happen at all. Like, let's do a better version of what do you do when you win, you know? Dude, I mean, on some
3: level, the Terminator being the governor of California after he (laughs)
2: finishes his (laughs) mission. (laughs) That's probably more likely because I'm willing to bet Skynet doesn't just program – like. There are sub-programs. Yeah, you killed John Connor. Dope. What else do you want me to do? You don't send that back to just do one thing. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I, like, I, I, I am signing this cybernetics bill
1: of my <laughs> own. <laughs> well, and you know, so, so yes to all that. And another interesting wrinkle is like, you know, Whatever the episode ends, however it ends, and then you jump to the next episode, and suddenly now the robot shows up, and it's not a cyborg. It's like there is no human skin, and you sort of realize that its mission is to recreate the conditions where Skynet is able to um, to, to camouflage robots, because whatever happened in the last episode changed the timeline so that that doesn't happen. So now you're seeing a, a Terminator from the new timeline. And just that, it's like, there's something really interesting. Every episode, you just do
2: like a teeny tiny cosmetic tweak. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I love that.
3: I think one one of the most interesting ways we could use this is one of the freedom fighters barely survives his adventure and really injures and messes up and blows up a Terminator. But the Terminator and the guy find themselves in another one of the anthology adventures later. Or like we just see maybe the fallout of like what happened after that adventure in another adventure because that person happened to live long enough to be in another.
2: You know what I'm saying? To
1: be in love. Oh yeah,
2: but do it like three or four episodes later, you completely have forgotten about them. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Yes. No, dude, I'm telling you, there is wild we could do if we do this right. Like Mm -hmm. there's everything like that, right? You you at some point you definitely encounter the grandson of somebody who died 8 episodes ago because this story has persisted in their in in their family like the John Connor story and so now they've become weird terminator preppers and so somebody who's not even a time traveler is waiting to kill some terminators you know it's like you do all kinds of weird I think
2: because it's not super popular anymore at least we kind of steal the Universal Studios little uh, second uh, title for their Terminator ride we call this battle across time because I just always thought that was such a neat little Mm. like Terminator battle across time like that's dope. No one knows what it is anymore. Why not use it? You know? Oh, man. The fans should worship us for that touch, Billy. That's (laughs) right. (laughs) That's beautiful,
1: man. Okay. This is getting good. I'm telling you, there's something here. We're going to take a break, marinate on it. When we're back from the commercial, we will take this to completion.
0: Let me say this. We're all where we're going is great. Uh, But I have to say one thing, and we have to figure this out before we end this, before we can say. We've achieved reboot. How do we end this series? I think you... Okay, I know so there's a... the reason I'm saying that is because of lust.
1: <laughs> sure. There's an argument to be made that you do this whole thing chronologically. So it's like you start with a Terminator in Shakespearean times and like every episode brings you closer to the present. And so it's like, you're essentially watching a war with time machines play out and it ends at the present of that war. If Even if that's not the structure, I love the idea of like through this sort of vignette anthology series, you are watching the sum total of war with time machines. And I think the only way for that to end is how do you end a war with time machines? i don't know i'm just kind of through. you have to ah uh, you know i okay, mean like, I, I, the cynic I in me idea. says
2: the cynic in me says you close the loop like there's no way no matter what you do all of this is just bound to happen eternally forever and ever and ever
0: i mean the which is essentially what it. the first
2: terminator is by the way the oh, first terminator is a closed loop of just like you're fucked and just prepared to get but no, and I, I think I like I, the- that's what I always say. <laughs> <like. laughs> you know, get out the loop. You, can, you can't not be, but you can get and like prepare yourself, you know, get mentally ready. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, no, and, but I, and I think the, uh, the, the end result, I, I like your idea, Bill. I think we should commit to that. We need to commit to an, a, an end point and something that shows that the whole, most horrific version of the Terminator future isn't going to happen because of the brave acts of the people we followed through this anthology i think that's perfect i think it's it could be something as stupid as sarah connor go into the movies in 1984 and see the terminator because it's just a stupid idea and it's a fantasy i'm not i'm not, oh, not going to go you know, you know what I'm saying? just something that shows this loop is closed this is not going to
2: happen we did it guys I, I, I hate that, but I, I will go it. with it. know I, well, I don't think that's citizens. what Terminator is about. I don't think <laughs> Terminator that. is that. A happy. They cut it out. They filmed a happy ending of T2, and they cut it out because it was dumb. Because Terminator should always be like, look, you guys are – it's it's your your one minute to midnight on the doomsday clock at all times. <laughs> but, all like, times. but again,
3: all all, I'm, okay. all I will argue is that our present world is on the precipice of doom at all times but at least there's not robots in the streets. That's, that's all that's I'm saying. Well, saying. That glimmer, that glimmer. Oh, Listen, you're right. You're absolutely right.
0: <laughs> there's a way to end this, where at the end of it, you don't know. You, the time travel's done. We've gotten to the period that we are at, 2021, whatever, 2023, by the time this is done. And everybody's going, everything seems to be fine. But we don't actually know if everything's fine,
1: because the, is, the present oh, oh, dude, is just the present. Do you see that, what I'm saying? That to me, and this is this is the Billy take, not the Ed take. To me, that's the ending: is you end, you're in the room with a hundred Terminators, and the the rebels break in so that they could be within the time distortion field, and the button gets pushed, and everybody disappears, and nothing changes. Literally, they're just gone because you're already in the world where it all happened. And yeah. so now it's like that 500 years worth of, of subterfuge that we just watched over the course of three seasons. It's just done. And now what do you do? You know what I mean? Like, it's such an anti-ending, but there's something both like chilling and awesome about that. Yeah, like, that's where I'm, buttons I'm, pressed, I'm Everybody disappears and then you're just there. And I just feel, Ed, I hear you.
2: I just feel like that's such a betrayal of everything that we would do to just be like, yeah, don't worry about it. We we, we got this. We called the Ghostbusters, everything's cool. <laughs> like, it's not. Well, we're, but we're,
3: the, the, we're, I think we're, the hopeful ending is that we have a chance to fight these, these, these jerks when they come then, because that is the ending of the first Terminator and the second, frankly, and the third. Especially is no we, no. Dude, end-
1: I've got it. No wait, Ed. I'm sorry. I've got it. We, I'm. It's kind of the Matrix ending, so I don't think it's. You know, I can't say that it's completely original. But the Terminators are lined up. the 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 the, the crazy blue lightning starts. The rebels break in. They all jump into the distortion field. It's everybody that we've met over the course of this anthology, and they're gone. And it's just the leader of the rebels and Skynet and Skynet just shuts itself down because essentially the war has already happened and Skynet just goes I am out of options we need to find another way and you realize that all the death and destruction and sabotage and everything of the past three seasons just at like the minute that button was pushed, the war was over because all the fighting already happened at that point. And Skynet is smart enough to know, like, okay, you've beat me. Now let's figure out the future together. And it's just that simple. Okay. I like that too,
0: because that's I I say we film both of those.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 we can't do that. But
3: obviously, I think if we if we give that the dramatic import that you're obviously giving it. Then yes, if we've built up a world to where that we can have that 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 almost like Doctor Strange, right? It had a bunch of doing circles and doing all this, so they could have a section where they just sat down and picarded it
2: out. So if if we invest the, the I just don't want to oh, see, I don't want to see it picarded out. I want to see, I don't mind getting like I liked everything you said up until okay, let's work it out. I like the idea of both of the, of them saying, like, you beat me, like after you know. To them, it's an instant push the button. Well, you beat me. And then even if the guy's like, so now what do we do? And then you end it. Like, I don't want that yeah. question answered. Yeah, 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 yeah. No. yeah, 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 yeah. I'm actually yeah, cool yeah. with that. Which makes yeah. it
3: the actual, the actual Matrix ending. And which can is, I tell hey, you guys something?
0: Yeah. If If Supernatural had ended like that, I would have been so much happier.
1: <laughs> we made it
2: so far into this.
1: <laughs> the, best, the best thing about this being an anthology <laughs> Because we oh. don't have to talk about casting Jensen Ackles in
2: it. Uh, <laughs> oh,
3: that's fantastic. Yeah, we could kind of leapfrog over a lot of the casting decisions in general. But, like, I, I just want to reiterate, I, I agree now that that ending is pretty cool. If we're gathering up all of these various
2: and one-off it's, and yeah, it's the off
3: characters that we got to know a little bit. Oh, that's the one from that one where they were right, pirates. Yeah. That's the one from, yeah. oh, that's crazy. And they're all, like... Going into these they, they jump into the it echoes The first shot of
2: the first minutes of the pilot, you know, yes. so you're like, yes, now I get where because maybe you show all the that happening in the pilot and you're like, I have no idea what the hell is going on. What is what is happening? And then by the end yeah. of the series, when you revisit that moment and you've built up to it and you've earned the right to see how we got to that moment, then it's really cool. But, yeah, to to wrap it up with a bow is just pooping all over it. I would just leave it like, what do we do now? And then just, yeah,
1: let everyone sit with that really uncomfortable question. Well, guys, there's one question left. Who is show running this thing? Who are we bringing on to write and produce? Uh, Mark Bernardin. Uh, He worked on Castle
0: Rock and uh, Picard as well, I believe.
1: And he's
2: on, uh, he does this stuff with Kevin Smith, the uh, Batman, Batman podcast. Yeah. 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 Fat Man Beyond.
1: Yeah, Fat, Fat Man Beyond. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Um, the only thing ahead. I'll say about Mark Bernardin is like, I do think he's got the mind for this. I mean, this idea of sort of like heady philosophical sci-fi reinventing itself every week. I mean, he's, I don't know if I would, no offense to Mark Bernard. I don't know if I would trust him to like run the room, but he'd be great on the staff. That's true. That's true. He'd be a great you know, writer in the
0: room.
2: It's treading familiar ground. No, no, I don't even know if I want to throw it out there. I'm just gonna say, like, I actually, I think the best Terminator movie that's been made in the last 20 years was Ex Machina. So mm-hmm. I would, I would throw Alex Garland in there, but that's a little maybe too, uh, like, he might have just been there, done that.
1: There's something to be said too for giving this to like one of the. Um one of the like new horror kind of Wunderkind guys, the, um, the A24 horror guys, like Robert Eggers who did The Lighthouse or um, Ari Aster who did um, The Possession movie. That, uh, well, oh, uh, you know. Uh, hereditary. Hereditary, yeah. Ed
2: said it follows. Why can't we get uh, David Robert Mitchell?
1: That's an interesting idea. I do think that, like, you want somebody writing this series, especially if you're trying to recapture that like slasher horror vibe of the original. You want somebody who understands horror to be running this series.
3: Yeah, I would. I would kind of almost insist that it be a horror director because these these have to be scary, or else our whole crap falls apart. And the one thing I will, I finally super agree with you guys on. It's super scary in that. Our character is either gonna get left behind in time or die every single episode. Oh yeah. They're, yeah. They're, it's it's an actual dangerous situation. We don't have that 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 weird thing when people survive too many adventures in a show and you're just like, well, I don't I don't think they're ever in danger. That this is that ever-present danger is gonna be a hallmark of this show. You
1: know, I will say I just it was it was funny, but I just saw um nobody with Bob Odenkirk. And that Mm -hmm. movie is brutal and very darkly comedic, but also like horrific, like body horror level violence in that movie. And I was there for it the whole way. That guy, um, I'm looking him up really quick. Ilya, How is everybody seeing this Ilya, movie sure. already?
2: I thought it doesn't come out for like another couple of weeks. You're like the fifth person I know that's recommended it.
1: I went, <laughs> I, dude, I, I, it was my it was my triumphant return to theaters uh, post COVID. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, man, it was that might have that might have enhanced the experience, but I will say I thought it was an incredibly well directed movie that fits a little bit of the vibe that we're talking about here. Talk about how, body how, how, horror.
2: Woof, how... just go into a theater. <laughs> <laughs> Dude,
1: it was like, it was me, my buddy that yeah, I went with, and like six other people in that theater. So it was, uh, I was I was more socially distanced than when I go to the grocery store. <laughs>
0: nice. Um, how about Ronald D. Moore from uh, Battlestar Galactica? Hmm.
1: I mean, Ron Moore, I think, would get sort of the super interesting sci-fi angle. I don't know that he could deliver sort of the visceral horror angle. Yeah, that's a good point. He's a talented mm. enough writer, though, that he could completely make me eat my words on that one. That's hmm. true. Have you guys well, seen I, I The think...
0: Magicians? No. It's this really weird, <laughs> dark... um uh it is fantasy, but it's also super dark and like definitely horror type. And uh, Sarah Gamble uh, is uh, was the showrunner and she's pretty great. I think she could be in talks at least with a the, with the group of people because especially if we want to, although a lot of it, there's a little more humor and I feel like there's not a ton of comedy that we're getting at here. So she might not be perfect because of that. She does a, a little more funny things.
1: Yeah, I mean, wasn't The Magicians oh. a CW show?
0: No, no, Are there's like sh- naked people, and I think it's just a Netflix show.
2: Oh,
1: okay, okay. Because I'm, I'm thinking like this needs a straight up pedigreed HBO director. You know, oh, okay. this needs That's like an HBO level showrunner. Um, and I don't know. The Leftovers comes to mind. I know that that was a kind of a mixed bag for reviews, but it has the sort of like very somber oppressive tone that this was talking about um
3: oh you know who i'm gonna put up for it our good old buddy Le mm. i think i think lee Wannell, a would get the material b this is the perfect vanity project for him to come in and be like look look mates you guys are gonna make this show my name's gonna be on it it and i'll i'll rewrite everybody if i want to I think it's a perfect thing for him to do because he is a big time director now. He can direct almost any movie he chooses. And this would be that perfect like, but I'm also in TV. I'm just a big deal. For me, you hire a lot of people on this. And I think Whannell, he's gonna he's he would be a showrunner. But honestly, he'd have a lot of you, lieutenants and supervising producers and stuff. So I think this, would, this room would be like a Twilight Zone room, a Star Trek room. Uh, X yeah. Files room full of like, like Joe Manoski and your boy Brandon Braga and people people who are good at taking one night in Berlin a robot
2: stalks a maiden. You oh, know man, what does, I'm saying? You, you, does Chris Carter do anything anymore? Because X Dude, Files tone is perfect. You know
1: that's not a bet. See, I was actually I was going to throw off the very um, controversial choice, but maybe not so much given his latest thing, Damon Lindelof. Damon Ooh. Lindelof in Watchmen mode. Hold on, though. That's Damon true. Lindelof in yeah, Watchmen mode, where he puts together like a really kick ass room to Ed's point mm. and is just the guy keeping the mythology straight because that's the one. This show needs somebody who can make the idea of the time machine war make sense at the end of season three. Like, yep. I trust you can hire a bunch of really talented playwrights to make the one-off stories work and hit but you need somebody who gets like you need a a three-dimensional chess player for this uh, I just, mean-
3: just 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 yes and that uh his the ending of Watchmen is to Billy's point the perfect it's not resolved it's mm-hmm. it's open-ended and he st- he stuck the landing on one. That's all I'm saying. Lindelof, you may be one for three, but you stuck the landing
2: on one. It's Like one for five. Uh, <laughs> but I would say, look, I don't know if he's doing anything, but it'd be kind of neat if like you did like Chris Carter and uh, Damon Lindelof, so that in the marketing, you like from the from the guys that brought you Watchmen mm. and the X Files comes Terminator. I'd be like, that sounds kind of cool,
1: you know. Yeah. I like oh it actually. sounds kind of amazing now that I right? think about it. Yeah. Um, well guys, I'm going to I'm going to say, you know, this was contentious, this was interesting. We absolutely butted heads, but I think got through it in a productive manner, mostly because I just steamrolled Ed. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm just going to say it, we've achieved reboot. We did so it. We, So we have the Terminator franchise, which has been exhausted, and we said we need to go back to basics. We're going back to basics in the most complicated way possible. Um, We are doing an anthology series with the main conceit of the Terminator world. So for for all you know going into it, it's essentially going to be a Twilight Zone where every episode is about a Terminator being sent back to some point in time to execute its mission. But as, every episode, as the episodes unspool over the course of the season, you begin to realize every episode has a new wrinkle. Every episode has a slight difference in the way the Terminator is constructed or the way that it operates. Every episode gives us a new opportunity to explore what like a new volley in a time machine war might look like coalescing over the course of three plus seasons to the moment when the button is actually pushed and all these people, Terminator and Freedom Fighter alike, disappear into the time stream to fight the war that we have seen play out over the course of three plus seasons. And it leaves you on a perfect anti-climax of, well, we hit the button, the war just happened, now how do we fight each other? And in the middle, we get to explore pretty much every crazy idea you've ever had about the Terminator. What does a Terminator do after it successfully completes its mission? What does a Freedom Fighter do if he comes back in time, successfully stops a Terminator, and is then just stranded there? What happens when people start to fight against each other because they don't want to change their presence, even if somebody thinks it's going to be better if they do? All of this stuff can get explored in the framework of our Terminator quote-unquote anthology series. And to cap it all off, it is brought to you from the minds behind the X-Files and Watchmen. We're getting Chris Carter and Damon Lindelof to tag this, this tag team this thing under the auspices of you, Mr. Cameron. What do you think? Well, I gotta tell you, I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't. I would. If it was me, I wouldn't have done that. I don't understand. How does Quaritch play into this? What role do we have for Miles Quaritch? Because you know he's not going to stop until the Navi have been steamrolled. Um, Mr. Cameron, I'm
2: so sorry. Still talking about Terminator. Uh, We're we're on Terminator. You're you're still with
1: Avatar. This the Terminator. I'm sorry. What you don't get to tell me what I'm. I'm talking about Terminator. I don't know what the f*** you think you're telling me. I'm talking about Terminator. You're talking about Avatar. You you're all talking about Avatar and frankly it makes no sense because I brought you here to talk about Terminator.
2: I I I don't know how to answer that. I don't
1: know what to say. Do you like the pitch though? It's a good pitch. It it's great. I don't know what this pitch has to do with Avatar. I mean, I don't know what this pitch has to do with Terminator. And frankly, I'm more than a little upset that you're even here anymore. You need to get the hell out of my offices. You will never work for Jim Cameron.
2: I had a really good Titanic 2 pitch. I wanted to shoot him over lunch too. This sucks.
0: Hey guys, this is Ron. If you want to check out what we are currently doing, all you have to do is go to the Rebooted channel on YouTube and you can see our sweet faces talking about this stuff. We've got a new tea Public store for you to get all of the cool shirts that you could possibly want. The Mumbo Gumbo, the Pop Art Reboot Crew, the classic logo, and then, of course, the Rebooted drinking game, which has Jensen Ackles and DJ Qualls among other fan favorite comments. So do yourself a favor, go to tpublic.com user slash reboot dash it and pick up your favorite t-shirt. So thanks for listening and thanks for supporting Reboot It.